Welcome to the Motoring Podcaster, Hyundai Kona EV SE Premium Special Edition. Hello, I'm Alan. <laughs> Hello, I'm Andrew. Oh, that's a cracking title. And I didn't even write it this time. Yes. No, I know. I, I, I was good. It, just, just wait till one of the other ones we've got coming up soon where I did shorten it right down because it was just too much. Okay, then, Alan, what is the Hyundai Kona EV then? So the Hyundai Kona EV is a Hyundai Kona that's an EV. Oh, cool. Right, well, let's wrap up the show. Cool, well done. <laughs> Fantastic. It's uh, it's essentially the jacked-up version of the um, of the i30, which is their Golf-focus-sized uh, hatchback. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so this is a bit more rugged, a bit more claddy, a bit more upright. It is essentially that. The code is available. There's a full range. They start from about £17,305. That sounds uh, quite cheap. Yeah, uh, sorry. Yes, quite affordable. Yes, cheap is a bad word. Affordable is a good word. Yes. I've driven the 1.2 liter petrol at last year's SMMT smorgasbord of vehicle drives, um, and I liked it. It was fine. It was great. Mm-hmm. It tugged on quite happily for a little 1.2, um, and it and it was it, it was great. Uh, it's also one of the made the list uh, in a recent show of. Uh, of the cheapest five-star NCAP rated cars that you can buy. So yes. it is safe as well as compact and affordable, usable, affordable, affordable. That's the word. Uh, so the EV, of course, is the electrically powered one. It looks a bit different on the outside. We'll talk about that in a little while. Mm-hmm. Uh, but it starts at £27,250 for the SE spec with a 39 kilowatt hour battery. That's reasonable size it takes it to a projected range of a number which i haven't written in the list here and i should know but i now can't find it's a hundred and something miles anyway a hundred and many miles 180 odd something like that it's perfectly respectable is it is it similar to the just announced revised ionic then it's roughly 180 odd miles yeah it's about under wltp yes that kind of zone. Um, I test the premium SE with a 64 kilowatt hour battery, uh, which comes in under WLTP of 276 miles, if I remember correctly. Yes, cool. 276. Yep. 250 miles. So that's like a nice safe 250-ish miles. Okay. Talk about that a bit later on. What is the price of the premium SE? It's a very good question. Sorry. To... You can tell that I wrote this, by the way, very early in the morning yesterday, and, and so actually uh, forgot some stuff. It comes in at about uh, £38,645. Is that with Grant? Uh, that... I'm sorry, I'm asking you all the questions at once. You yeah. are asking me all the horrible questions. Uh, I don't believe that that's with the Grant. I think you then knock the Grant off that. So it's roughly thirty-five. Uh, so it comes in at 35145 Okay, thank you. Seems to be where it comes in. So, so right. Okay, so that's uh, eight thousand more, just a bit, just a little less than eight thousand more than the uh, SE with yes. the thirty-nine kilowatt. Okay, that's fine. You've that's got good. to remember that yeah, you've got yeah. a massively bigger battery and uh, lots more kit as well. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. no, I was, I was just trying to see how it worked moving through the ranges. Yeah, that makes a lot of sense. Yeah. Okay, thank you. So there's a color tax. There's only a limited color palette that you can get in there, mostly of quite vibrant colors. Color tax of £565 on each of them, except for chalk white, I believe, and also graphite grey. Um, oh, God, it's not called graphite grey. And also the grey. Um, 
as well. I just discovered it about five minutes ago, okay. ten minutes ago, just before uh, just before we started. I was reading the tiny print at the bottom. So I believe that there's a metallic grey that, that's exempt from the colour tax. Other than that, it's £565. Should you desire a two-tone roof, and I don't really know why you would, that's another £420 on top if what? you've got a premium or premium SE. Exactly. Why would you want it? Yeah, okay. No, not now. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> One of the things you'll notice about this review rather than any other time we've driven Hyundai EVs is that this time we, I am actually going to talk lots about the car rather than what we're doing with the car. So it's quite nice to be able to do that. And there'll be lots of <laughs> flashbacks to the one. Uh, the other thing is that I didn't go on any great big long journeys. I sort of thought I might. And then I thought, oh, everybody does great big long journeys in EVs. Uh, why don't I just do what I normally do and find out how it gets on there? And then that's a far closer use case to... You mean give an example of like for like life? Yes, that kind of thing. You radical thinking man, you... I know. Well, it still did about 500 miles in a week, but compared to last time when we returned it 3,200 miles later, <laughs> after 10 days, then uh, yeah, it, it had an easier time of it. <laughs> okay, then. So, looks, you've mentioned that it's a raised up version. Yeah. Sort of size-wise of the i30. So it's that sort of size SUV. Mm -hmm. What does it look like then? Because you've mentioned some cladding, and we are big fans of uh, of some cladding. It's got sort of cladded corners, and it's it's hard to describe. Uh, so the corner has quite a number of the... Is it a unique look, though? It's, it's... It does have its own unique look. So okay. they've changed the bumper a profile, the grille, all that kind of stuff uh, on the internal combustion engine, one which is all sort of dark grey. And, and highlighted is all sort of fed in and, and slightly smooth and smooth and textured. How's about that for contradicting myself in one sentence? Uh, but it is <laughs> so the, the grills designer. have been smoothed <laughs> off and they have been filled in with a bit of a texture in many places. It also comes with a higher spec LED lights as well to make it a little bit more futuristic front and rear. The corners have grey cladding. There's there's about six inches of grey cladding along the bottom to make it to sort of reduce the bulk of the, the, the sides of the car mm -hmm. below the glass house and make it make it look like it stands a bit, you know, it sits a bit higher yeah. than it does because, of course, the, um, you know, the batteries are under the floor and stuff. Yeah, yeah. But other than that, it's kind of futuristic-y area we look. Okay. It has, it has a, a whiff of that sort of... It actually does look quite futuristic. In a this-will-age-soon way or just in a do you think it's going to be a bit like the i the i cars where we still look at them now and go, you know, that still looks like the future. I think it could still look like the future. I don't think it's quite as radical a future as the BMW i's, mm -hmm. but it's that kind of thing. Okay. Yeah. That's a hell of a trick to pull off. Well, it really is. And it's not, but it's not a crazy radical put you off future look. Yeah. That's yeah. what I'm trying to say. You know, some people go, oh my God, the i3, ah, it's so different. Um, uh, and... And it's a little bit marmite -y. This This isn't like that. But neither is it... Neither is it the kind of smoothed-off turtle of of an early-generation Prius-type... <laughs> melted soap type look. Shape. <laughs> well, not quite melted soap. I think that's a bit harsh. But that's sort of... You know, the sort of Mark II, Mark III Prius, and they this sort of looked like... Yeah, yeah. They've yeah. just been rolled over quite neatly with a... Which I guess is what the Ionic looks like, really. Oops. Uh... <laughs> There's lots of little tiny aero tweaks that you see on it. You see there's, there's you know, a surface will go on, and then there'll be a little fairing that's a little disruptor at the very back of a surface. Okay. Or on the edges of the lower body and stuff. And you just think, hmm. It's got quite a big 
surround spoiler at the top to uh, as well that looks sporty but is really there as an aerodynamic aid to sort of force a bit of a cam back to it and, and improve aerodynamics so there's lots of that kind of thing of course that helps both range and it helps uh lessen the amount of wind noise okay cool as well the wheels are alloys with inserts plastic inserts which hey, is a bit... t- talk me through that please so there's an alloy wheel and it's got some plastic inserts what, what, do you mean like between the between the spokes in in there kind of they're sort of aero optimized really to stop the because the wheels on the car are, are sort of major disruptors to the airflow if they're spinny things rather than staticky things and that can cause problems whilst at the same time they've got to pull air out and through the brakes to cool them and stuff so wheels are really really difficult when it comes to to aero yeah um it's why stuff like the uh mclaren speak to have those like fared wheels and the flat ones and the aero discs and stuff these essentially act like that so it's too difficult to make them all out of alloy in one go or they'd be too heavy or simply too expensive they've got alloy wheels with bits that sort of fit between the five spokes to sort of help that that aero channeling okay all right. that's no that's interesting that's interesting the way they've worked through the problem but with the constraints of look, we don't have a bottomless checkbook, so can we get clever about this? Can we get even cleverer because we've had to get clever? <laughs> yeah, well, it, it's you see it on a few cars now. It used to be quite unusual, but you, you do see it on a few cars now. And there's some, uh, there are some sort of eco cars where they actually have alloy wheels with a wheel trim over the top to, mm. to do exactly this thing, but the wheel trim completely covers it as opposed to being five identical plastic bits that, that sort of push in. All right, okay. Mm-hmm. So what's what's the inside like then? It's interiory. The interior is interiory. Is it the typical Hyundai interior where everything is where you expect it to be? Yes, but I was going to start at the back and work forward. Okay, let's. Hey, who am I to stop you? Because that's the order my notes are written in. <laughs> so I'm going to take control here and stop you throwing it left, right, and centre. I mean, the answer to your question is yes. Yes, it is. Mm-hmm. Really, it's, it's the same sort of fablet that you'd find in an a30 uh, a30 i'm so sorry an i30 <laughs> mounted on the top of the dashboard it's the same heater and ventilation controls it's a very comfortable recognizable place if you well, if you're it, used to driving if you're Hyundai, used to yeah. Hyundai. but equally if you're new to evs it's not going to shock you then is what you're saying there is nothing crazy and radical about it okay okay all right there's nothing crazy and radical about it i mean there's this kind of double deck in the center console between the two front seats there's some funky storage stuff, but but that's about as radical as it gets, really. Oh, well, the other the other thing that's radical is that, is that like the Ionic EV, it's a push button to select whether you're in park, neutral, drive, reverse. Okay, just the same little pad bit. Now I've disrupted everything. Do you want yeah, to get back on the order You've completely that you, thrown? It. Would you like to go back in the order that you'd written this? I would. Okay. Yeah. So what's what's the back like? <laughs> well, I'm glad we decided to start there. I did what any self-respecting person with a press card did, and I went and collected a new armchair in it. It's the only way to test them. So, well, exactly. Armchair in packaging, fitted in quite nicely. It's quite big. There's, the boot openings is relatively large. It's not particularly tall space, but the back seats fold down to give a smooth ramp, essentially. So, yeah, of okay. course, it's much lower at the front. There's much less room at the front than there is at the back. The seat squabs don't move, so that they stay, mm-hmm. you know, they, they stay static, and it's just the back that flops forward. But really easy to fold, easy to get stuff in. Doors open nice and wide for that kind of stuff, and it it worked quite well. Cool. It's a hard rear parcel shelf, so it it's not as if it's something that just 
that it, it doesn't sort of uh, roll into itself or anything. You don't just end up with a simple bar. You do actually have to sort of go and stow a parcel shelf if you leave to collect something large with said parcel shelf in space. Okay, right. no problem. Initially, I opened boot, and there was the the sort of get an EV. There's normally a, a little bag which has a little coil of of your sort of charging cable for plugging into fast chargers uh, and stuff. And that's okay. That's fine because that sort of that has in in the case of the Hyundai one, it has two strips of Velcro on the back, so you can just stick it to the back of the front seats. Or <laughs> it sticks to the carpet and it doesn't move around. Mm-hmm. I opened the boot of this, and there was also this two foot long by eight inch wide by by eight inch tall bag there <laughs> contained the home charging unit. You know the emergency. Oh my goodness! I need to plug into a a, a three pin plug. Yeah, and I was like, you have got to be kidding me it's like this is not going to take up you know a fifth of my boot floor all the time is it uh, and then i lifted up the boot floor and, and realized that there is a there is exactly the right size of, of hole underneath <laughs> to store it in so it went it went in there and it didn't come out again okay at all but it was when i opened it it was like i'm not I'm, i don't have to carry all this extra rubbish around do i no 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 thankfully i i didn't Single curry hook back there in the boot. I didn't hang a curry off it, but I did hang a carrier bag off it, and it, it held the carrier bag. I shot it did we not want. fall over. That is what there we want. Are. Excellent job. Well done. Good. Right. That's quality testing in action. We do the tests that no one else does, you know. We do try. Uh, so the rear seats, this is super practical. I'm, I'm sort of feeling slightly ill as I go through, and, and I <laughs> continue to be super practical. So the rear seats, flat bench for about two and three quarters folk. Flat floor between the seats, obviously, because there's no need for a drivetrain tunnel. Even the normal cone is front-wheel drive, so it's, it's not really an issue. Yeah, backrest flops forward. That's about it. Back of that front armrest and cubby, though, has two USB ports in. Cool. Um, which I guess are useful if you have people needing to recharge stuff in the back. Yes. Um, that sounds excellent. <laughs> they're in the back of the front cubby. Uh, now that I think about it, I can't remember if there was an air vent in the back of the front cubby. I don't think there was. Premium SE spec is top of the range. So the seats are... Front drive seat is electric. All the seats are leather. Uh, and the front seats can either cool your bottom or heat your bottom, depending on how you're feeling. Okay. Yep, that's good. So nice heaty coolie. All that kind of stuff. Dashboard buttons, controls, blah, 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 usability, blah, 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 cliche about falling to hand, blah, 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 blah. Okay, that's a perfect motion podcast review. <laughs> <laughs> One thing that does really stand out, which which I really appreciate, and of course, because an EV is so much quieter and so much less vibration, then you actually, you know, like, hear your music much better. Fab Krell Stereo. Uh, in the premium, premium SE. Okay. Many multi-speakers. I was going to say really nice fidelity as if I'm someone who actually knows about these kind of things. It would, it just sounded good. Okay. That's all you need to know. It sounded really good. Oh, maybe we need to do some special editions where the sound comes, does stereo stuff and moves around the cabin for EV drivers. <laughs> I. When you declare you've got time for that, then that'll be just, yes, on you go. Okay. <laughs> the, the only thing with that, you know, you know, when you listen to podcasts where they are heavily in stereo. Yeah. And there is another British automotive one that does this. 
It's great until you're driving a car where the sat-nav will cut out mm. the speaker on the driver's side whilst giving instructions. And so you miss a whole chunk of audio. Yeah. Or the speaker on the passenger side. Apple CarPlay, Android, blah de blah Yeah, does all of that stuff too, cool. should you so desire. I, I tended to use... I did tend to use Apple Maps, actually. Uh, but, of course, uh, you can use Waze and whatever else uh, as as well nowadays. Uh, and it gives you a choice of podcast player as well. Oh, cool. Excellent. Which is also nice. So you get podcasts and you get Overcast as well. Mm-hmm. We like Overcast. We do. Mm-hmm. The actual binnacle in front of the driver, mm. the graphics all change according to the mode. And they're just like they were actually in the Ionic. Okay. Uh, and again, different modes, there is a noticeable difference between the different modes. So sport feels sporty. Um, eco is eco dampens the throttle response that kind of thing Mm -hmm. Uh, i'll talk more about those when we come to the driving okay but but what's nice is the difference in graphics is clear but there's some really nice touches in there like if you're in just normal comfort mode then it doesn't go all gamification but there is a sort of line underneath the speed which kind of swirls around and it, it subtly changes color to show whether you're regen, flooring it, coasting, whatever else. Oh, okay. Um, and there's just some nice, nice subtle touches. So it's little nudges rather than full yeah, on. Yeah, it just just makes it a, a delight to use. I mean, yeah. I, I I confess I tended to go for full on. I uh, if I wasn't sitting on the motorway, then I tended to just shove it into eco mode. Mm. There's an eco plus mode as well. I didn't really work out what that did because I didn't. I never ran low enough in charge that I felt the need to use it. Okay. I have only one grumble about the interior. Well, you, there must be one grumble. There always has to be one grumble, and this one I don't feel I'm. I don't feel I'm doing too picky. It's just that the center console, where it went down, you know, from sort of your elbows right the way forward to the heater controls, was really. It was sprayed silver, and it just looked a bit cheap. It was the one bit in the whole vehicle that just looked a bit. Ugh. And it would have been so much nicer had it been sort of dust displaying piano black or something, which is what happens in the internal combustion one. Mm. Or just some other finish other than plastic wood. That would have been even worse. Uh, but it was, <laughs> but it, I don't know. It was just maybe trying to be a bit too futuristic y. Mm. It just didn't look great. It just looked like a big slab of silver painted plastic, which is a real shame. And the trouble was that once you noticed it, and I'm sorry, everyone, you're now going to notice it, then it was very <laughs> difficult not to. Yeah, once once it had been seen, it couldn't be unseen. Yeah. Which is a shame, because the actual, all the stuff that was in it, the actual buttons and everything were really nice, but there was just, it was, and it was a different shade of silver. Oh, right, so, okay. Hmm. Yeah. Which was a bit, a, bit, a, bit of, a bit of a pity, but... Uh, usually they don't have a jarring moment like that, but uh, that's a shame. No, but that's, you know, th- uh, that's being kind of picky. Yeah, the rest of it is fine. This is the bit that actually, yeah, no, that's, that's, that's not a deal it's breaker. It's the bit where you open the door to people to show them the inside, and they go, whoa. That's not very nice looking, is it? Everything else, oh, that looks a bit cheap. Never mind. Driving then. So, driving it. It it is much more comfort-oriented than sport. Okay? It's nice to see. I mean, for starters, it it doesn't come with Michelin Pilot Sport 2s. You know, we're... we're, Oh, that's just so disappointing. In an SUV. (laughs) Quite. An electric (laughs) one at that. So, slightly eco-biased tyres, lots and lots of sidewall. They were Nexon Nefra, which would not have... It's Korean brand, obviously, being Hyundai, which is not a, a tyre name. I, I Well, I'd heard of Nexon, but not Nefra. But they're in uh, 21555R17. So ni- lots of lots of nice, comfy sidewall there. How did you cope with that, being a man who <laughs> drives around on <laughs> millimetres of tyre wall? I don't drive around a millimetre tyre wall. That's, that's really quite unfair. 
<laughs> when you go around the corner, it is. <laughs> oh. Of course, the batteries and stuff are, are low down in the car. The centre of balance is nice and low, so there's not that much body With roll. the Kona, it's not a very tall SUV, no. though, is it? So it, it's... It's between a, like a, a taller SUV and a jacked-up hatchback, isn't it? It's, sort it's of jacked in between up hatchback. Those. That's what I'm saying. It's, okay. it's, it's, it's a jacked-up hatchback. So having the batteries low down actually is does actually make a difference to the centre of gravity type thing it, because it, 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 that hmm. centre of gravity is actually quite low. Well, the, the thing is that the engine and everything is quite low. So there's a bonnet on these. And what you don't realise is that you open the bonnet and it's mostly empty space. So, between I mean, there the are engine designers, and the there is bonnet a lot is what of, you're saying. There's the motor and there's the inverter on top. And there's lots of height. Yeah. And there's lot, you know, there's not nothing on, on top of the wheel wells and things. As a design, whilst it is quite good looking, it's not particularly space efficient hmm. because it's an internal combustion engine vehicle, which has had an engine, which has had an, the engine pulled out and an electric motor and some batteries shoved in. I'm underplaying the amount of engineering that has gone into this, of course. <laughs> yes. But you know what I mean? Maybe the chap it's... who's designed that is sort of going, hang on a minute there, Alan. <laughs> but there's room for all... There is loads of space under the bonnet, is what I'm trying to say. Yes. So everything is packed down low. There's a good eight inches to the bonnet. If you, you open, you know, many... If you open even the, you know, the 1.2 variant of the internal combustion one, there'll be big chunks of aluminium and steel quite high up under the bonnet without the extra density of the battery to low down. So it doesn't roll that much. does pitch a bit under braking. That's been done the road test a bit, really. Mostly it was really smooth, really quiet, and as a result, really relaxing. Uh, I'm not saying that you, you... I don't think you've got the opportunity to do the Allen work test, which is the land oh. at 10 o'clock in Heathrow and drive back. But it sounds like the setup and the driving would tick a lot of buttons, positive buttons for Alan, on the I've landed <laughs> late. Well, I did drive back from London late in the evening. Okay. And, yeah, basically, yeah. Yeah, okay. I mean, the thing is that you set the adaptive cruise, you set the lane assist on the M1, and, frankly, it is such an easy vehicle to drive, as a result, that it, it is it is chilled out. You do not arrive frazzled. The other thing about, of course, being able to do that is is a nice smooth lane assist plus a good adaptive cruise means that you can see how people get lulled into the world of, of autopilot-y type stuff. And, of course, not having to make sure you're at such and such a place by such and such a time meant that I could actually just sit and enjoy it this time mm -hmm. as opposed to, to last time. So I could set the cruise control at, at a level and just leave the car to deal with it. Well, it's obviously carefully monitoring because you know that this is driver assistance and it's not a... yeah. It's the usual problem. I, I know it's driver assistance. You know, you keep your hands on the steering wheel, but to be honest, when it's so smooth that it, every now and again it does give a, oh, are, you, are your hands still in the wheel type thing because you're not having to... Not clinging on for dear life, Alan. <laughs> You're not clinging on to dear life like you are in some of the German systems. <laughs> it's like, I'm now approaching a, you know, oh my goodness, I can see a line, sharp jerk to the right. Oh my goodness, it's the other side, sharp jerk to the left. It's just like, oh, come on. So it seems quite well calibrated is what you're saying. It seems decently calibrated. Yeah, yeah. Good. Of course, EV, so off the line, you could get away at the, the traffic light Grand Prix. Beat everyone. Yay. And then you could lift off and then you could regen and see if you could actually make back more than the distance you've just covered between traffic lights. Gamification? Who? Gamification? So eco mode. So I tended to use eco mode around town. 
and comfort mode the rest of the time. Okay. There's something really cool which wasn't in the previous gen Ionic. Um, I'm assuming it's going to be in the new in in the the revised one that was announced today. Actually, today at the time of recording. Yes. And that's it. Now does auto regen, and it now has three or four levels of auto regen. So you don't have to set it. It won't because just to make this clear to people who who may not have listened to the to the charging around Britain. We had three, it was three levels, wasn't it, if I remember correctly? Yeah. Three, three plus off. And we could adjust those via the flappy paddles. However, it wasn't, we initially thought that going for maximum regen would be the best way to do it until we, because we just went into this cold, until we chatted to somebody who actually had an Ionic that we were lucky enough to bump into. Who had oh, done, we'd only done a thousand miles by that point. Yeah, who had done many, many miles in his... <laughs> <laughs> and he explained a, a few things which then made such a difference to our driving and the range mm, yeah but we were manually as we approached junctions for example we were we would flick on the paddles and yeah. turn on the regen to however much we felt we needed and then when we we weren't or when we were accelerating we would flick the paddles and we would turn the regen right off so that we could coast and cruise now the big difference here and why I mention this is that now you say, okay, well, I want about a middle level of regen, probably. And the car then decides how much regen you need at any particular point. So you set it at auto level two, for example, which is which is the standard for eco mode. Mm-hmm. And so around town, if you, it depends how hard you lift off and what you've just been doing when you lift off. So you accelerate and it puts, of course, the regen right down because you, you can't regen whilst you're accelerating. If you just lifted off gently to and turned to a to a coast, then it would turn the regen off automatically. Right. As you just touched the brakes, or if you turned the steering quite hard, it would think, "Ah, maybe he wants to slow down," and it would apply a heavier level of regen automatically. So instead of frantically clicking the paddles each time coming up to roundabouts, <laughs> which we may or may not have done, you could do we it. Got quite smooth your, by the end. <laughs> we got pretty darn good by the end. Uh, it was a nasty shock when I then went out in my normal car and started, forgot that I actually needed to brake for roundabouts <laughs> rather than grabbing at non-existent paddles, which genuinely happened. Goodness, 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 I said as I jabbed the pedals. <laughs> then this does it automatically. So you are instantly a, a regen wizard. God, that must be so much smooth. I mean, I know we were smooth yes, by the end. Yes, I'm, not, I'm not being fun. I'm not, I'm no, not no, being funny here no, or facetious. No, but the, we, is, we were good the by the end of that, those six days. And yeah. we were, we were in a zone with it and we were relaxed mm-hmm. and it, it just was second nature, as you said there, yeah. you know, you, when you went in your own car, but this little step, little, he says, yeah. making it uh, automatic. Rid- yeah. Well done. Yeah. I and I, but that step must make the world, if somebody gets in that first time out and they've never driven an EV or even if they have, wow, what a brilliant bit of engineering mm-hmm. that is. That is yeah, really awesome. clever. And I think that this is a, and the, the, the point that I want to make, now I, I think I was meant to, I, I think my notes say I should do this in technology later on, but never mind. I'll do it now. Is that I think that this is going to be so important. I mean, I was getting. On the way down to London, I stopped off a couple of... I'd done some dodging around. I'd gone down to London. I was getting more than more than four and a half miles per kilowatt hour. Wow. Which is pretty good. Yeah. At no point did I get... Because we got a maximum of three and a half or something, didn't we, in the yeah. Ionic? Yeah. 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 I, I never got that low. Wow. At all, all week. I mean, we were, I wasn't as as hurried, but then 
actually, because I had so much range and because I knew that this worked so well, I wasn't really paying half as much attention. Yeah, you were just driving. I was driving, yeah. I, I was pretty oh, good about speeds wow. on motorways. That is... That is, that is, <laughs> that is it's in months, awesome. that's a seismic leap for... for oh, yeah. wow. That is... Because if you've got that on the 180-mile range, that's amazing, which yeah. you will have. Because it, And if you've got that just, you know, on the... Or the 39-kilowatt one, let alone yeah. the 276-mile 64-kilowatt. Wow. Sorry, I, sorry, everybody. I just keep saying, wow, I'm not, I'm not doing... I'm not doing this... This is mind-blowingly stunning no, news to hear. Yeah, yeah, it's really... It, it made such a difference. Totally stressless. Oh, yeah. If you wanted, you could also, you know, you could use the paddles. So the paddles, instead of just doing the, like, four settings that we had, they would do those four settings plus auto one, auto two, auto three as well. So they did seven if you really went for it. Mm-hmm. I did it once, and it was just like, why, why am I doing well, auto? Okay. Auto. I actually now, with that news, want Mrs. Crack Windscreen to try this. The thing is that... And one of the things that I really should point out is that if someone handed me the keys to a, a Kona EV and said, you've got to go around the, around the, the country in a week. It's like, yes, sir. Mm. Piece of cake. Absolute, absolute piece of cake. do the West Coast of Wales as well and everything. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah easy. Well, there's charges there now as well. I well yeah, I know, I know there's a charge but you can down, still, but... We can still do that within the time. Yeah. Yeah. That's, yeah. Yeah, that's what I mean, as much as anything. Got to understand there is a significant leap here. That's, that's oh, as far as that goes. Yeah. yeah. I mean that that from what you're saying there, that feels more than just a a generational leap. That feels much more significant than that. And if you've never driven an EV, just trust us on this. That takes a level of concentration or thought or action out of it. Which brings, and we thought the Ionic was relaxing. It was. And smooth and nice to drive and things this like that. Better. But this, this sounds, I mean, you, that sounds almost into premium territory of relaxation now. Yeah, it's, it's, as someone was saying on Twitter the other week, I think, I can't remember who it was, I can't remember if it was Ed Wiseman or something, or uh, Lawrence Allen, I think it was one of those two. Uh, my apologies if it was or wasn't. Then they were saying that, you know, uh, ride comfort is the new luxury, as, as is, you know, lack of vibration and all these kind of things. I was reading a, an article earlier on today about uh, Toyota Century and how and the, the extremes that they go to to, to reduce vibration and, and stress and these kind of things. And, yeah, to me, the simple solution straight out of the box is an EV. Yeah. Oh, no, that sounds... I, I'm now super jealous I've not tried this. Mm-hmm. Anyway, sorry, right, uh, technology, right. come on, because otherwise so, I'm just going to sit there going, wow, for yeah, another 30 minutes. You are, you are you, it's, it's, it's like the sort of, who are you, what have you done with Andrew? So yeah, 250 mile range, not a problem. On the way down to London, so I I wanted to make sure I tried to charge it, yeah. come to that in a minute, and then I went down to London, and on the way I stopped at BP Charge Master's new 9 rapid charger set up just off the M1 and put a splash of put a, a splash of energy in splash of electricity it all works it's it's it's, it's a great analogy <laughs> 20, 20 yeah let's give it a quick zap for like 20 minutes or so as long as it took me to get a coffee and a coffee and a cookie from the at the bus station so i i gave it a zap of energy there I parked under the hotel without realising that since the last time I'd stayed at that hotel with the underground car park they had fitted charging points 
I could have topped it right up when it was sitting there for 20 odd hours. And then I decided I'd go move the car before I, it clicked through into another day's worth of stuff. Uh, and then I moved it to a, a street side charger and I happened to walk past and the actual charger was free and I was parked opposite. So I then moved the car into the charger on, on the street in London. So it got another little bit there and then drove home. But to be honest, if I needn't have done any of that, I could quite easily, even a 70 or 80%, just driven down to London, done my stuff, parked it wherever, not cared and driven home again. You've got to remember, 250 miles is actually the range I'm used to from my internal combustion engine car. I, yeah. I could have done a semi-regular, lengthy-ish journey or trip that I do mm. and not charged easily, yeah. easily with that. Yeah. Not not even blink, as long as I with you know, this, charge it. If you had a home charge, right. There is a flip side to the big battery, by the way. The, big bat- the trouble with the big battery is that you can only charge so fast. So the bigger your battery, the longer it takes to charge. Mm. So, whilst you can do more miles between charges, you do have to sit and let it charge for longer. Is you know, and it's a direct. You can't help that. There is, there's, there's no way around that. <laughs> that can be a bit of a pain with public charges in some places because they can either be very slow or they can be time limited. Mm. You've got to be aware of those. Uh, so there's enough range in there that you could have one of these. And not necessarily have a street side charger. Okay. Yeah. On the other hand, if you do have a home charger and you are home quite often, then you would probably, you know, you would, unless you were doing a specific long journey, you wouldn't really need to charge in public. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because you come in, you plug it in, you go home, you know, it takes nine and a half hours or something to get to, to charge from a home charger mm-hmm. to 80% or something. And it's normally going to be part. It's never going to start off empty and it's always going to be parked a bit longer than that most nights, you know? It's never going to be an issue. Yeah. Completely. I, I did not feel range anxiety at all. Yeah. And yeah. I let, did let it go right down to about 20% at one point. Uh, so, Just get so, that yeah. little tingle of anxiety. Well, <laughs> yeah. I, well, I wanted to Keep see how real. long... <laughs> No, well, I wanted to see how long it held out at the amount that it said, because I know that some EVs are not very good at that. Okay, so 20% can suddenly become 2% very quickly. Yeah, so I wanted to know how much I was at and what the projected range plus the miles I was intending on doing Mm -hmm. added up and how consistent a number that became. And the answer was very if it says you're going to do this much, you're probably going to do that much. Unless you have a, a marked and immediate difference in your driving style. Okay. But yeah, it's still relatively predictable. Any test of an EV is also a test of the EV charging infrastructure right at the minute. There's no infrastructure in Britain. Ah. Is that true, Alan? Um, not really. Okay. I'm very lucky around here. There is lots of infrastructure. We are charging... On Motoring Podcast is supported by BP Charge Master. Mm-hmm. Full disclosure, etc., etc. So we do have a, a little card that we don't necessarily have to pay for. Thank you, BP. Thank you. But uh, and as a result, uh, as a result of our experiences previously, <laughs> and because I happen to have that card, I had my Charge Your Car card as well, which I which I do pay for the twenty pounds to keep it up each year, and also you know Ecotricity app and stuff. Uh, so I was prepared. Had I needed to charge somewhere like that, I could have done and would have done. But but yeah, it just wasn't it just wasn't an issue. Mm. Uh, I went to collect the armchair, for example. I went over to rugby, and there's uh, they conve- 
coincidentally charge master charges there and but they're completely free to use at the new shopping center in the outskirts of rugby you have to go into halfords and ask them to unlock it because i was like standing there with the card going what do i do with this but it turns out they've got a little key and they can just unlock a side for you did it in the did the street charger i did the one in middle of corby the one thing i'll point out is that there is more demand for the rapid chargers than there used to be than there was 18 months ago. Would that have anything to do with the increase in percentage of alternatively fueled vehicles that has happened over SMMT as we cover every month on the Motoring Podcast? Well, yes. I mean, it's a bit annoying as someone, if you've got to hang around and wait for someone to to squeeze the last 5% of charge into their Outlander Fev. Oh, look at him getting all snobby. It's it's (laughs) easy, I know, and I caught myself doing it isn't real, you can't cook it in here. (laughs) Well, I'm not, no, I'm not doing that at all, and I sat patiently because I thought, at least you're ready charging it yes quite but what is annoying is there are a lot of there is there is a fleet of levc taxis here in corby and they what they have a habit of doing is basically charger hogging uh at the rapid in town uh and also not paying for their parking as they should do but they tend to like queue up and like just keep topping that up and go back and use that instead of sitting in the rank uh that's annoying Mm. Um, actually, yeah, that 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 one bugs the heck out of me. But for uh, you, to be honest, personally, if you were to purchase an EV, you would you would have a home charger. Oh, I would have I would have a smart charger out yeah. down on that wall. You you would have so one. quickly, and it would never be an issue. Yeah, it's just for people coming to it. Yep, yep. It's no, I understand. Darned annoying. Or if I was traveling and visiting, we've got a couple of rapid charge. I did plug into rapid charger out at down in Kettering, just because I'd run it down quite a lot by that point, to be honest. Uh, and it said maximum 45 minutes here at this at this one, and that was fine. So I set an alarm on my watch to go back in 40 minutes. And I found that the plug had miraculously moved from my car into another car. Hey, I didn't think you could do that. Neither did I. There's only one thing I can think of that happened, and that's that somebody hit the reset button on the thing. Ooh, that's a bit of a sneaky move. I, be- I-, I think... I had no other charging issues whatsoever. That's the worst charging issue I have. And I think, did somebody stop that or not? And the car, de- and the car was declaring that the charger had stopped it. I guess I could have asked Charge Master mm. or Polar. I hope people. I hope that isn't possible. But I hope that that wasn't the case. And that's not what some people are doing now, because that would, I would be. I would hope not. I would be quite irritated. But there were many people around, so I didn't just do the same back. Mm. I didn't fancy. Uh, I also didn't want anyone to like, scratch the press cards. <laughs> but yeah, so that was so. There we go. That's that's. That. I didn't use the motorway chargers because you've tried. Before. Well, let's face it, it probably wouldn't work. <laughs> I've tried it before. It's the only reason I've ever run out, almost run out of charge. Yeah. Verdict-wise, then, can't believe I'm at the end. Actually, as far as I'm concerned, this kind of range of 250 happy miles. I have no excuse to not buy an EV okay. in future in a while's time. Certainly the Kona, it's, you know, won loads of awards. It's fast, it's comfortable, it's quiet, it's relatively affordable. You can throw your bike in the back. You can throw your bike. It's practical. It's it's uh, it's a do-everything car right at the minute. It is. Uh, and the, there is also a problem with that. Okay, go on then. What's that? The problem is that they're sold out. You can't buy another one this year. Oh, curses. You have to join a waiting list. A waiting list, oh dear. You have to join a waiting list. Uh, you can't configure it on the site. You have to you sign up to join a waiting list. Now, there is another car which is very similar under the skin. I'm very sorry, Hyundai. 
which is the Kia e Nero. Mm-hmm. It is a bit more squashed. I don't think it's nearly as attractive looking, but it's but it's got essentially the same drivetrain components anyway. And that's the E-Nero. People say that there's a hair's breadth between the two of them. If you want something that's a bit more car-like than the Kia, if you want something that's a bit more uprighty, then you choose the Hyundai, and that's kind of the difference. I believe it's something like seven weeks delivery for those right at the minute. Okay. The Hyundai's sold out, but the Kia isn't. So that would be the closest alternative. I haven't driven one yet. But yeah, that's what I have. On the other hand, would I have a Kona EV? You can probably tell that the answer to that is yes. <laughs> I would. I was really properly impressed. I properly I can un- I can understand it, that because just just knowing the knowing the Ionic, and then just seeing what a jump this was between you know Gen One, which was a pretty good Gen One, and then Gen Two, it's just like okay, mm. these these work now. Yeah, you've done your proof of concept. Now you've done the proper thing. And 180 miles, let alone for the 39 kilowatt one, mm. let alone for the 64 covers so many people yeah the, the whole is enough range range isn't an issue now uh how often how often do i need to charge it all these i was being asked all these things regularly and the answer is well you don't really have you got, have you got a driveway yeah okay well you're probably sorted then yeah ra- so, range is no longer an issue no no and as someone pointed out it's it's all you know by the point now we're talking about cars by the size of their fuel tank and i think that the regen regen is a vital part of that range yeah very clever sounding stuff though. yes it is. It is incredibly, uh, and and works well as well. Now that I have given my verdict, there's only really left for me to thank BP Charge Master and Polar Network again for supporting uh, EV charging uh, here on the Motoring Podcast. And to remind the rest of you that between now and next time, you can give us any feedback. Share your thoughts to the show at Motoring Podcast on Twitter and Instagram, on Facebook, and on the contact page of motoringpodcast.com, the hub of all our activities. Please don't forget to leave a review and rating on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, or however your podcast app lets you do such a thing. It really does matter. Andrew, what's the best way to get in touch with you? Best way to get in touch with me is via Twitter. If you search for Crack Windscreen, you'll find me there. And Alan, if people feel there is perhaps a question that you have not been asked about the Kona EV, which I dread to think, and I apologise to anyone for having not asked that, what is the best way for them to get in touch with you personally? Via Twitter, where I'm at AJP Bradley, B-A-D-L-E-Y. We'll be back before very long, but until then, I've been Alan Bradley. I've been Andrew Clues. And safe motoring.